The Golden Blue Nation podcast returns on the cusp of the return of college athletics on the campus of West Virginia University. The fall season gets underway Thursday night when WVU women's soccer plays its season opener against Indiana at 7 at Dick Delesque Soccer Stadium. And we're here to get you ready for a new season of WVU women's soccer, the 27th campaign under head coach Nikki Izzo-Brown. This is the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're brought to you, as always, by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. It's Nick Farrell here alongside Golden Blue Nation digital manager Sam Caniglio, two soccer guys getting ready to talk footy. What's up, Sam? How you doing, Nick? Good I'm great, man. I'm glad to be talking soccer with you. Of course. More than any other person that I know. Oh, really? We were just well, exchanging some direct messages about Adrian Rabio for Juventus and how he was supposed to be transferred to Manchester United, but that is a subject for an entirely different podcast. We're yeah. talking all Mountaineers here. We mentioned that the women's soccer squad getting ready to open its campaign here shortly Thursday night at home against Indiana. Big 12 play opens September 22nd in Lubbock. And about an hour before recording this podcast, Sam, we got some big news. Big 12 preseason poll just released. And I think you can really look at this two ways. One, it's good news for West Virginia. Picked to finish third behind TCU and Texas. TCU, of course, the reigning champion in the Big 12 Conference, got seven of the first place votes. But there's also another way to look at this, and it's the fact that West Virginia, generally speaking, as a member of the Big 12, has always been the favorite, and that's not the case this year. Yeah, they're definitely, over the last few seasons, let's say, the West, West Virginia has definitely been in more of a rebuilding phase. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough to top. That stretch they had from about 2014 to 2017, where they were bar none probably the best team in the country. They didn't win a national cha championship over that stretch, but they were probably the best team in the country over that stretch consistently, um, at least in, on, in the eastern United States. Um, you know, obviously the last couple of years they they've hit a bit of a road bump, and last last season they missed the tournament for the first time in over two decades. So yeah, they're definitely rebuilding, but still they're picked third in one of the tougher leagues in, in women's college soccer. So TCU picked finish first, Texas second, West Virginia third, then Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma four through six. Seven, eight, nine, ten is Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State. It's definitely a top-heavy Big 12 between TCU, Texas, and West Virginia. And as Sam alluded to, the Mountaineers had won five consecutive Big 12 titles from 2012 through 2016, reaching the College Cup final in 2016. But last season, West Virginia fell short of something that had been an annual tradition in Morgantown under Nikki Izzo-Brown, and that was reaching the NCAA tournament. 21 consecutive NCAA bids. That streak came to an end during the 2021 season. West Virginia defeated Baylor in the Big 12 tournament quarterfinals, advancing to the semis to play Texas, and lost that game in a penalty shootout. Nikki Izzo-Brown knows a lot about soccer, and she's been around for the last decade in the Big 12, and she feels pretty confident that had West Virginia won that game against Texas, not only would it advance to the finals to face TCU for a shot at winning that automatic berth, that probably would have been enough for West Virginia to get into the field. That's what she thought. But instead, that wasn't the case. West Virginia missing out on the NCAA tournament for the first time in more than two decades. And so that has led to an offseason of reflection for Nikki Izzo-Brown, a competitor at heart, 
having an opportunity to reflect on missing the NCAA tournament, what needs to change with her program, and where can it go moving forward. So here's what the longtime head coach, the only head coach in WVU women's soccer history, had to say about that on the cusp of a new season. Kids came to West Virginia to win championships. I mean, there's players on the team. Uh, Jordan Brewster will tell you it's revenge tour. So, you know, this is this is not um, and, and winning's hard. Um, you know, we still had a winning season and, you know, that that hurt um, us not, you know, pulling out games and doing the things we needed to do. But, um, you know, none of these women were satisfied. Um, they have a high standard of excellence and um, know that uh, getting to the NCAA tournament is absolutely important. Now, a- as you know, <clears throat> um, I'm. I'm definitely a coach that wants to focus on the positive, but at the end of the day, that's a fact. It's not a myth that we didn't make the NCAA tournament. We tied Texas. We beat Texas. We're probably in. So the game's about inches and the game's about doing the little things to make the big things happen. So, you know, that's something that um, at the end of the day, you know, we, we talk about, um, but also knowing moving forward, you know, mentally, physically, technically, tactically, we have to be sharper. And in order to be sharper, you got to go back to failure. I, I think it's a terrible disease that um, I have because you never really think and go, huh, wow, we've made 21 straight. You're always looking at the next year and the next year. And sure. the next year, right. So I, I do believe that the 21 teams that uh, uh, achieved those NCAA tournaments um, have so much to be proud of. And it is I will say this. How about if I say this? Only nine other teams up until last year have done it um, in women's soccer. So now we're talking the elite programs. So it's pretty elite what we were, what we did. Um, now I hope to God somebody else does twenty-two, especially <laughs> at West Virginia. Nothing would make me happier than um, you know I'm the OG Brown, but the new the new Brown. Um, gets gets that championship game. Um, nothing would make me happier than, you know, Don coming in new and Dan and whomever um, does that. It's, you know, we're, we're a team, but um, it's pretty amazing if you think about it, that uh, we were able to do what we did for so many years. Mountaineer women's soccer head coach Nikki Izzo-Brown speaking this week ahead of the team's opener Thursday against Indiana. Sam, I guess your thoughts on Coach Izzo's comments this week about missing the NCAA tournament and being competitive and moving forward starting this year. I've been covering Coach Izzo-Brown for about six years at this point. I think this is my sixth season covering, covering her team, and one of her recurring quotes is, the little things make the big things happen. Um, you know, she didn't quite say it as much when they were winning Big 12 titles, you know, walking into the Big 12 championship, but you're hearing it a lot more th- these past couple of years. And that's, that's really because they're, they're, the team has struggled with those details, you know, making that extra pass or just maintaining possession. They had a lot of games last year. You, you can look at the Texas game last year and, and say, you know, if they won that game, they would have made the tournament. But especially in the early season when they were playing a lot of ranked opponents mm. competitively, they were just one pass away from, from at least salvaging a point against Virginia, for example, or, or, or defeating uh, Georgetown, on, um, Georgetown, who was ranked at the time. You know, So there were a lot of instances where they just needed that one little extra thing to get a win. Um, and and it's, it's 
really good that she's reflecting on that, and, and we'll see this year if the, they'll be able to do it because they really have largely the same starting 11 in 2022. They've lost some players to the transfer portal, and, but they, they also surprisingly got a lot of returners, which we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, year two of this team, we'll see if they can make the little, do the little things right to make the big things happen, as she says. It's also worth noting as we reflect on last season and look ahead to the 2022 campaign, Coach Izzo alluded to this, Sam, a lot of injuries last season, even some issues with illness that hampered the team. I mean, when you look at the end of the season for West Virginia last year, draw against Texas, draw against Baylor, loss in overtime to Oklahoma State, those were its final three regular season results. During those games, Coach Jizzo Brown was fielding sometimes her second, third, even fourth string players at some positions. And really one of the issues for West Virginia last year was the ability to score goals. Simply couldn't do it in some instances, which you mentioned. Draw against Texas, scoreless. Draw against Baylor, scoreless for 110 minutes, or 100 minutes. And then the Oklahoma State game losing 2-1. And then you go to the Big 12 tournament, scored one against Baylor, a fantastic goal by true freshman Delari Heredia Beltran, and then scoreless again against Texas. Um, so that about sums up why the Mountaineers failed to make the NCAA tournament. But What's the argument for West Virginia making the field this year? What's the argument for West Virginia competing for a Big 12 championship and, so to speak, reclaiming that throne that it so belongs in? Well, we'll discuss the team's roster here in just a moment after a quick word from our sponsors. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Nick Farrell and Sam Caniglio here with you, previewing the upcoming season for WVU Women's Soccer, part of a series of preview podcasts that will be dropping here throughout the final few weeks of August. Okay, Sam, so for West Virginia this season, probably the most exciting thing is its returning talent. And when you look at those returners, the list has to start with the three fifth-year players, Jordan Brewster, the All-American, Lauren Sagala, the starting striker, and Maddie Murphy, who has played a few seasons for West Virginia, was the starting goalkeeper when she came to WVU after transferring, but has since been replaced by Keza Massey, at least for last season. But when you look at it at the top, Jordan Brewster returning for another season. She has been the centerpiece of Coaches O'Brown's squad for the last several seasons. She's now a four-time preseason All-Big 12 honoree, and you have to think that this is a really important season for her. It's her last at West Virginia, last chance to solidify her status as one of the all-time greats, but also important for her as she tries to pursue a pro career. And as Coaches O'Brown told us this week, Sam, that's one of the big reasons why she's back for a fifth season using her COVID eligibility. Yeah, no matter the sport, that extra year in college generally helps you out in terms of development and preparing yourself for the pros. But, I mean, just in looking looking just at this season, Jordan is slated to be the probably the best defender in the Big 12. Um, and she's, she's a team captain. You watch the game. She's out there. She's a vocal leader. She's she's ticked off every time she plays. You know she she's an aggressive player that they have um, running that back line, um, and yeah, she she's the centerpiece of the team. It, she's the lifeblood. It's it's it was a bit of a shock that she came back this season, if if I remember correctly. But 
you know, that that's definitely going to be a, a big plus for her. Three defenders on the preseason All-Big 12 team, Kaylee Abels from Baylor, Macy Blackburn from Texas Tech, and then Brewster from West Virginia. She's also featured on the United Soccer Coaches Defenders to Watch list. That's a national list of the top returning defenders and is one of only three former All-Americans to be featured on that roster. So Brewster's goal for this season, yeah, come back to West Virginia. See if you can lead the Mountaineers to a Big 12 title, but it's personal for her. It's a revenge tour, as Nikki Izzo-Brown right. told us. And then there's also that element of becoming the next pro Mountaineer. Coach Izzo-Brown has had a successful track record over the last decade of producing pro defenders. Kadisha Buchanan for one, Ashley Lawrence for another. Uh, Bianca St. George is playing uh, in pro soccer in, in the United States as well. Vanessa Flores, another recent one who went mm -hmm. on to play some pro yep. ball. So there really is a long string. What about Lauren Sagala, though, Sam? She seems to me, when you look at that equation of, hey, how does West Virginia put the ball in the back of the net and win some of these close games? It seems like it has the defense down pat. What about the offense? Certainly Sagala has to be a part of that. Yeah, and, and in WVU's great teams, you know, obviously the the you mentioned Buchanan and Lawrence. Those players have always stolen the spotlight, but the reason they win games is because of the attackers, and Lauren has been one of the leaders in the attack for about three or four years this season. She's battled through, or the, the, in her stretch, I should say, she's battled through injuries. She's had some torn, she's had a torn ACL, but last season she led the team in scoring. And and again, she was another shock return. And uh, Nikki Izzo Brown said that Lauren called her up in July. Right. She had it, hung up. She had called it, right? She yeah. had called it quits on a career and then had a change of heart late in the year. Exactly. Imagine getting that call. Nikki said it was like a Christmas present in July, you know? <laughs> and, um, so that that's that's a huge addition because that, that the attack was one of the, the biggest question marks heading into the season. That shores up that, that question um, because, again, Lauren was probably the best offensive player she has been for the last couple of years. Bringing her back answers a lot of questions um, that, that the team had uh, heading into the offseason. So, and then Murphy being the third 50-year on the roster also uh, adds some leadership in the locker room as well. So those are the three 50-year players, the most veteran players on Coaches O'Brown's roster. What about some of the younger players? To me, Sam, the player to watch this year, and, and to some respects was the player to watch last year. She was an All-Big 12 freshman honoree. It is the Kansas native Delari Heredia Beltran. She's so impressive on the wing. Three goals, three assists last year. Uh, could take her game to the next level. And when we talked to coaches O'Brown this week, uh, she mentioned to us, Sam, uh, that really – Heredia Beltran's ability to create is so important. Maybe this year, another year of experience, another year working with Sagala. Those two up front will be able to create some magic for the Mountaineers, uh, along with Julianne Valderon, who's back as well. Yeah, no, Delari really showed a lot of talent last season in her first year. She's one of those players that has potential to make it up to the women's national team if she if she can really, you know, improve and, and keep working. But you know, she she was a really raw talent as a true freshman last season. She deserved her spot on the left wing as a starter, but it was clear, you know, she, she had a lot of those characteristics of a young player where she was quicker than a lot of the defenders she was playing against. She was a better dribbler than a lot of the defenders she was playing against. But as far as, you know, knowing the point B to get to from point A, she seemed to struggle. And Coach O'Brown even mentioned, you know, she finished like a freshman. Three goals, three assists. The way she plays, she could finish. She could be five, six, seven goals a season um, in the college game. Um, hopefully, you know, 
for West Virginia's sake, she's definitely improved in that. But, man, she is a talent in, in the attacking third for sure. Um, and, and Julian Valorant, let, let's just talk about her for a second. She came in as an outside back. And has played there as well. Has played all over the yeah, field for coaches. She's basically played all 10, 10 outfield positions. And, um, but she's also probably the best striker on the team as well. I mean, obviously, Sagala might be the best attacker, but Julian Valeron scored the first goal of the season last year from the striker position. Even though as a freshman, she played the entire season in the midfield and on the back line. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of proven talent in, 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 the, in, in, in the final third. Um, it's, it's, it'll be very interesting to see how they do. Sagala was one of the top goal scorers last year for West Virginia. The, the leading scorer with six goals was Lauren Sagala. Then Isabella Sibley, who is no longer on the team, Correct. with five goals and three assists. She had the most points on the team. And then there's Valorand with four goals, who is the now, I guess you'd say, the second re- top returning goal scorer. Uh, such a key component there because of her steadiness, her ability to be versatile and play virtually anywhere on the field, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, really talented player. Looking forward to watching her again this season. There are a lot of newcomers on this team, and we're running out of time on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, so we won't get into touching on all of them. But how about two spots on the roster for me, Sam, that I think are really important for for West Virginia to, I guess, uh, solve? One of them is the return of Mackenzie Onks, the uh, outside back who was injured last season and missed most of last year. To me, she might be their most dynamic player because of the, her ability to get upfield from the defense and help out in the attack. She's a terrific passer, has great vision, is extremely fast and physical. Coach Izzo Brown telling us that likely sometime at the beginning of September, she's going to make her return to the roster. So that would put her in position to be back in time for the start of Big 12 play. Uh, But then the other is, who's going to play the other outside back position? Because Nicole Payne is no longer on the roster. So you, you feel good about the center backs in Jordan Brewster and Gabby Robinson. You're going to get Angst back, and she's terrific, probably an all-Big 12 talent. So where do you go from there, though? Who, who is the other person to, to play that that wingback position? Uh, we'll find out soon enough. Could it be Annika Leslie, who has gotten a lot of time uh, with the Canadian under-20s women's national team, I believe is playing in the under-20 World Cup in Costa Rica? Um, could she be that player? We'll see. I think those outside backs are extremely important in Coaches O'Brown's system. And and I think that with Angst out, you don't think of a defender as somebody who can really help out, but she is a threat to get upfield. She's a good passer. She has recorded a handful of assists in her career. But also with Angst out, that means you've got to drop Valoran back and play her at fullback. And yeah, that's her natural position, but she's so good in the attack. So those outside backs, extremely important for West Virginia to have a solution there. And hopefully Onks will come back healthy and be able to contribute. You're exactly right, especially during the, the, the those big seasons in the 2010s. The most important part of the attack was those outside backs. Amandine Pierre-Louis, mm-hmm. Ashley Lawrence on the outside, Bianca St. George's, all these players that we've mentioned. Um, because they, they would basically be a fourth and fifth attacker. Um, those teams were so good that they basically need, only needed two defenders and, and, and the center backs, and then the, the outside backs would come up and basically be a fourth and fifth wing. Um, Onks is good enough to, to fill that role exactly. And, and Nicole Payne, I thought, was probably the most improved player of last season's team. It's a real shame for West Virginia that she's not coming back because who knows what this team would be. And, Again, I, I keep bringing up questions that need to be answered. She would have answered a lot of those mm-hmm. questions that we're bringing up right now. But yeah, no, it, it's that's 
the biggest question mark for me is who's going to be those fullbacks. And or obviously we have Mackenzie Onks, but in, in the meantime, and, and how will they fit into the system? How important will they be in the attack? And, and what kind of an offense will we have if, if, if those holes are, aren't filled by, you know, big 12 play. Okay. Final thought here on the golden blue nation podcast, Nick Farrell, Sam Coniglio previewing the 2022 women's soccer season at West Virginia. Circle back to the Big 12 preseason poll. West Virginia picked to finish third in the conference. You think that this Mountaineer team could finish higher than that, Sam? Is three about right? Or do they finish lower like they did last year when they finished in sixth place? Give me your prediction. I think three is a, a fair number. They can definitely finish higher than that. TCU is going to be a tough, tough uh, beast to beat because, I mean, they scored 60 goals last year. Even, Extremely good. A lot of returning talent. Even in West Virginia's best seasons, they never scored 60 goals. They may have dominated. They, they may have averaged a winning margin of over two goals. But still, score, scoring 60 goals is going to be that, that's, that's a tough number to bring down. Who knows if they'll do that again this year. But still, just to, as a remark of how good they are as a team, that's, that's a tough one. They can do it. If, if they, again, little things do make the big things happen. If they pay attention to the details, they'll be able to, to you know, outperform the expectations for sure. But, you know, it'll, it'll take a little bit of work. That is the goal to get back on top for Nikki Izzo Brown and company. They're calling it a revenge tour in 2022 after having a two decades long streak of NCAA tournament bids snapped last year. That's the mission. Compete in the Big 12, continue to climb back and get back to the NCAA tournament to start a new streak. Maybe just one last thought, Sam. Forward, sophomore forward Rhea Kioski. Watch out for her this year. I think she's going to get a little <laughs> bit more time. But also, Waynesburg Central grad, Waynesburg PA native. Got to give a shout out to the uh, Waynesburg University Yellow Jackets. Just, of course you do. <laughs> had, had to get that in there. Had to get that in there. But seriously, though, she scored a goal last year. Uh, could be somebody to step in on the wing or at center forward. Uh, so maybe a name to keep in mind moving forward this season. All right, Sam, we're going to do this again next week. We're going to talk about Dan Stratford's lads. How's that sound? Let's do it. All right. For now, this has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you as always by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a rating. If you like the show, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Amazon Music. And make sure to download the free Golden Blue Nation app to stay up to date on all things West Virginia soccer and all things West Virginia sports. We're, of course, moving closer to the opening kick of the 2022 football season. So get all the latest Mountaineer headlines at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app as we all move forward to that highly anticipated return of the Backyard Brawl. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. For Sam Coniglio, I'm Nick Farrell. Talk to you again soon when we drop our next season preview.